0: is another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Joff. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for subscribing and listening, checking out the show. Uh, big show today. Haven't done one in a couple weeks. Uh, main reason why is because I became a dad, so I will talk about that in a little bit here. Um, also have Zeta Zang, professional wrestler. She will be on the show, and I must talk about Dark Phoenix. Saw that a couple weeks ago, and one of my all-time favorite movies, Predator, had an anniversary on the 12th of June, so I must bring that up. So, I'm a little bit behind on doing this episode, but uh, all for the best reason that I could ever give, because I am now a dad. So, before I get into the show, make sure you can check out the show on Instagram, DJ Soundwave 75 you can find me there, Facebook, at Infinite Banter, Twitter, at Infinite Banter. Listen to the show on podcast.com. We're on Blueberry, CastBox, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Everywhere you want to find it, it's there for you. So follow the show, and I always post where you can find the show and listen to it. So before the show starts, as always, the show never begins until you hear DMC say this.
1: Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I B Infinite Banter.
0: So before I get into Zeta Zang interview, I have to talk about uh, myself. My daughter was born a week ago. This is this, what is today? I, all the days are running together, man. I don't even know what day it is. It's Sunday, the 23rd. She was born on the 15th, and uh, she's a little bit early, but uh, she's all healthy and great. Everything's good. Um, her name is Melody, and uh, the cool thing is is that the we've been thinking about that name for a while. been struggling, trying to come up with names, and... As soon as we decided that would be her name, the first thing that popped in my head is like, oh, yeah, Eric being and Rakim, my melody. So I've been playing that song. That song now has a new meaning to me. Uh, some people said you should call her Miss Melody, like from Boogie Down Productions. So, you know, as a hip-hop nerd, hip-hop fan, like, of course, those things are going to go in my head. But it's not why we picked the name. But it's definitely a cool name. A lot of people really liked it. And, yeah, I'm just over the moon, man. I can't believe it. I'm over 40. I thought I would never have this day come. So the fact that I have a, a child, a daughter, uh, it's just, I'm speechless, man. I don't know what to say. And uh, me and my girlfriend are good. Everything's fine. She's recovering. Um, I'll say this, staying in a hospital is brutal because I've never stayed overnight in a hospital before. And, you know, sleeping it's, it's like a hotel kind of, if you think about it, you get the cafeteria food to be brought up to the room and but it's, it's impossible to sleep. The doctors are always like, yeah, try to get some rest. And like every 10, 15 minutes, somebody's coming in there, turning on lights, talking. You can't sleep. I'm the kind of person like I need quiet, I need dark, and I can't sleep. And I'm going to find out pretty soon that I'm not going to be able to sleep anyway because I have a baby now. It is not easy. I'm telling you, man. It's Some of you probably already know this. This is the first time I've experienced this. So I've never had to stay in a hospital overnight. So this is a whole new experience. So like sleeping on that couch, it folds out and one side is like all slick. So I fell off of that thing in the middle of the night, like a slip and slide cramped my leg. I thought I was going to bump my head on the table that was next to it was brutal, man. I'm just glad that I didn't need to have a bed of my own because I hurt myself just trying to sleep. So, but it's really cool. I'm really excited. And that's why it's taking me a little longer to get this podcast out. And obviously that's, podcast takes a backseat to this so thanks everybody that's seen my pictures i've been posting about her and everything and i appreciate it um the really cool thing is again i'm a big music fan and as soon as he picked her up from the hospital yesterday the first song that comes on in the radio is the gap band's outstanding and it's one of my all-time favorite songs it's a perfect perfect record to be listening to so i know the first song she ever heard was that record shout out to uh the gap band thanks again for being patient for this podcast and uh so yeah i couldn't be more excited i'm a dad finally after all these years never thought it was gonna come always thought that ship had long sailed and i was gonna be standing on the dock you know what i mean so i'm really happy to be a dad and uh, it's, it's a really exciting moment for me so uh thanks everybody who's been uh liking and checking out the pictures i've been posting online and uh, there's gonna be more. I'm gonna be that dude now that's posting pictures of a kid. I never, <laughs> never did it myself, of course. Never had reason to. But going forward, I'm gonna be that dude from now on. If it sounds like I'm whispering, it's because she's in the room and I'm trying to be quiet because she's sleeping. So, without further ado, we're gonna play that Zeta Zang interview. And afterwards, I'm going to talk about Dark Phoenix, and I get the feeling that nobody really cares about Dark Phoenix, judging by the reviews and the the box office, but I have to mention it because that's what I do. So I'll talk about that after the interview, and I'm going to give a little bit of love to one of my all-time favorite movies, the great cinematic masterpiece that is Predator. But right now, let's get into that interview. Here is Zeta Zang. All right, you're checking out the Infinite Banter podcast. I'm Mark Jolliffe, and I'm pleased to be joined by You've seen her in NXT and you've seen her in other promotions in Florida, China and Singapore. Wrestler, mixed martial artist, model, and singer. The one and only Zeta Zhang. How you doing, Zeta? <laughs>
1: How's it going?
0: Nice, finally talk to you. Yeah, it's been a been a couple weeks off and on with trying to get you, but I'm really excited to finally get you on the podcast here. Really pumped to to talk to you for a little bit. I
1: am super excited
0: to be here. Thanks for having me. No, no, thank you. Um, so, for those who don't know who Zeta Zhang is, let's let the uh, Infinite Banter listeners know who uh, Zeta is and you know what you've been up to.
1: So, I am formerly a wrestler of NXT. And now I'm an independent wrestler wrestling all over the U.S. and different parts of the country. So I've been really lucky. Um, I've I've become the first Chinese-American signed to WWE and then now the first Chinese-American wrestler in all of Asia. So it is pretty cool to be able to be able to travel and go to different places. And um, like you said, I wrestled in Singapore, China, Taiwan, Nepal. Uh, I'm about to wrestle in Korea and also wrestled in Macau. And we'll be wrestling in Spain and then the UK coming up also. So I'm really excited about everything and being able to travel and see the world and just meeting different people.
0: It must be kind of hectic. You're never home, I'm guessing. It sounds like you're always on the plane or in an airport or in a in an Uber or something.
1: Uh, my life is pretty much on a plane or in a car. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am never home. So after WWE, um, I wrestled all over Florida and then around the East Coast and some in the Midwest also. And uh, then I ended up, going out on a long three month tour to Asia. So I was out there from December all the way till March. And while I was out there, I was wrestling for OWE mostly. And then after that, uh, I had a rush back, because I was out there all the way till March 1st. My lease was up on March 11th. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So I 10 days trying to get everything ready to move so i got back had to get a bunch of stuff done and then i literally just packed up the oh actually no i got back and i had shows to do so i couldn't even i only had one day to move i got back immediately i had shows to be on and then i had one day to move so i packed everything up in one day and gave away all my awesome furniture which i'm still upset about Uh
2: uh-oh
1: and like did a east coast to west coast tour so I drove across country and wrestled and had different bookings and made appearances and signings and then now I'm currently based out of California so I moved out here um, because my family has a place here so it's better for me to not pay rent since I'm never home (laughs) and now I'm uh, regularly between the U.S. and Asia so I'm going to be gone, like, a lot. So because of that, you know, there's no point in having a house or a home of any kind. My right. like, home is in the air, I guess. It's on the move.
0: <laughs> it's like that George Clooney yeah, movie. You're just constantly up in the air getting miles, and you don't really have any uh, place to call necessarily home. I mean, you do, like you said, but it's not your home. It's the place where you put yeah, your stuff.
1: Yeah, where wrestling is, I guess. <laughs> it varies. <laughs>
0: Well, thankfully, when you came back, all your stuff wasn't outside. You know, when you came back in March, you know, you, <laughs> you made it back in time yeah. to, to handle that part.
1: Made sure to get back in time.
0: What's uh What's it like wrestling in other countries? I mean, obviously, here in America, you know, the crowds are, you know, pretty hectic, pretty crazy. Is it a different vibe out there when you're wrestling over in China and Singapore and other places?
1: You know, it really depends on the country. So uh, China it's much like Japan, very quiet, um, not much cheering, but... They're starting to learn because uh, when I was with OWE, the we're trying to teach the audience how to watch wrestling because they don't really understand it, and even like amateur wrestling out in China isn't very big. Wrestling in general just isn't a very big sport at all, so they don't really understand it. So they kind of have to be taught. We have rules to, to them and you know, walk them through it and let them know, like, okay, obviously this is a bad person, this is a good person for them. They just they don't realize what healing babyface is. They, they just kind of think, oh, they're over here performing. The fact that they go up there, we should commend them. So <laughs> they'll clap at most. Like they'll clap or something, but then later they started cheering, but they'll cheer for both babyface and heel because it's considered rude to boo, you know. But now, you know, gotcha. they're hopeful they're learning. You know, I'm not at, I'm not just at one promotion in China, so I float around to many ones. So it really depends on the area. It's going to take many years for them to finally understand wrestling and it's just going to take some time for each China's so big, you know, it's going to take some time them to finally catch on for that whole country so it varies Um, when I was in Sanya, it's a little island that's basically like the Hawaii of China it's a lot of tourists go there so when I was there wrestling for another company, uh, CK1 I was out there and because it was more tourists, I guess there's people of all influences so they understand it more and it was a little bit different it was more like it was more TV style slash Chinese talk show style wrestling show so there's people cheering there's like kind of like go 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 like cheering on the side and there's (laughs) like yeah it's like There's an announcer talking almost throughout the whole match. It's very different. So I guess it's easier for the crowd to understand because they're being guided through. So there was way more cheering. And they would have, like, celebrities' uh, appearances and stuff show up and have, like, little shows in between. So it's a little bit different. Um, So maybe that added to the cheering and stuff. But... I feel like it's all going to be a little different in every part and depending on the promotion as well. So for Singapore, I had no idea how <laughs> much they were they love wrestling. So it was a great crowd. It was very much like an American crowd. They are loud, rowdy, like they know all the chants, like they know when to clap, like they they just, they're on board with it. So, Singapore was an amazing crowd. I really enjoyed wrestling there. And I also enjoyed wrestling in Taiwan. Taiwan, surprisingly, um, even though it's a smaller, smaller promotion, the crowd was amazing. Like, they are hardcore wrestling fans. Whereas, you know, a lot of Taiwan, they already understand wrestling because they have wrestling on their regular cable channels they'll have like wwe and they'll have like japanese wrestling on their channels so they're already you know they already understand wrestling it's it's just that it's very rare for them to actually get wrestling shows out there so it's even more of a bigger thing for them and they're more appreciative of it because it's rare for them right so And out there, you know, they're great when it comes to, like, cheering and buying merch. Like, they'll they'll get everything because it's so rare. So It's actually the same with Singapore. Like, they watch everything, but it's very rare for them to always get shows there. So it was a great experience in those places. But every place is different.
0: I was going to ask, what's it like when you go to different places? Do you even get a chance? I asked this uh, to Shaza McKenzie a few weeks ago. When you go to different cities and countries, do you even get to be out in the city and live it? Or are you just in hotels the whole time and you rarely even get to go out and enjoy the cities and countries that you're in?
1: Unfortunately, yeah, most of the time like you don't really get to enjoy it. But I mean sometimes you do it really depends on your schedule like usually my schedule is really packed so I only have enough time to fly in and fly out but sometimes if I'm going somewhere and my schedule is free or if I really really want to be at that city and explore I will schedule myself to not have anything coming up and I'll tell the promoter hey can you schedule my flight to be a little, le- a little bit later and then I'll end up staying there a few more. So it really just depends. Like, when I went to Singapore, the promoter was awesome. They had me come four or five days before the show. Well, and good. so we got to Singapore. We had to explore the city, eat at different places before the show. And then it's like certain places, it's literally I fly in day of, mostly in the U.S. I fly in day of, and then I fly out the next morning. But for Asia... I don't know if it's because of airlines or if they just do things differently because they have more of a Japanese influence, I guess, because it's over in Asia. Usually everyone flies in a day before the show, so they have more time to prepare. So I feel like in the U.S., a lot of stuff is more on the fly. Right. Um. Yeah, like, you'll be lucky if you get, like, two hours to prepare for a match. Like, oh, that's that's. <laughs> But over in Asia, you get a lot more time. They want thing, like do the tea because they want to – I mean, it's just different. It's like they want to – it seems like they want to memorize a lot of stuff, whereas in the U.S. they're kind of more on the fly. But it really depends on the promotion and on the person you're working with also. So it really varies.
0: Um
1: but in Asia, I've come to find that they like to bring you in at least a day early. That's and good. apparently, especially in China, apparently, like, flights get canceled all the time. Things get changed all the time. So the Chinese promotions always want me there at least a day early.
0: Is there a place you really like going to? And you don't have to answer the second part, but is there a place you've been to, like, I don't want to ever go there again? <laughs> or a place you've never been to uh, that you like to wrestle, too?
1: Oh, yeah, there is one place. Uh, I'm not going to name names. All right. It's but all good. Florida, and it was like when people talk about the shindies, <laughs> oh. like, this is like out of a movie, straight shindies. Like I did not believe what I was walking into until I walked into it and I felt like I was in a different world. Wow. But we're still in it, like I couldn't even understand Like even the people that were there I couldn't even understand what they were saying It was like they were speaking language
0: That's probably good You probably didn't want to know what they, they were, were saying
1: It sounded like they were just gargling marbles in their mouth I had no idea You don't
0: speak gargle?
1: It. Yeah right? It was such a Yeah it, That was definitely The craziest experience. Not in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it was very, um, very strange out there. (laughs) And I'm here in Chicago. Do you ever
0: come out here? Have you ever been out this way?
1: No, I've been wanting to come out to Chicago. I want to come out to Chicago. I just haven't been booked on the shows there. And honestly, I'm still pretty new to the indie scene. It's like I wasn't really out here that long until I ended up going to asia and then i'm gone for so long you right know? so yeah the first time I'm gone for three months was way too long like i'm gonna be back and forth but i'm not gonna stay three months this time three months is way too long so yeah before i even got to explore there's so many indie shows out here in the u.s i can't even keep up with it i don't even know how many are out there uh, it's down to Chicago.
0: right yeah we get the shimmer and the rise show here i went to that a few months ago and uh obviously wwe comes here aew's coming here in a little bit so yeah we get a lot of shows here but uh independent ones yeah they're they kind of come and go but we definitely have a scene here and it'd be cool if you had a chance to get out here once
1: oh i would love to i've always wanted to visit visit chicago i've only gone for like a short time a few hours but not really gotten a chance to explore at all
0: Yeah, hopefully you get that opportunity sometime soon that would be pretty awesome um, that would be
1: awesome
0: talk about uh, you were in the May Young Classic and you went up against uh, Shayna Baszler
1: yes so it was a really great match um, they couldn't have set it up any better because we both have similar background, you know we both come from Jiu Jitsu and amateur wrestling and MMA and it was just good story t- telling, like straight to the point. You know, got some back and forth in the beginning, so it was really nice working with her. She's a vet, you know, been doing it longer than I have, and gotten to work with some great people in Japan and different places in the U.S. So it was really nice having her as her first like real match, I guess. TV match, right. real match. I, I know what it, I. I think I had two little house shows pairing like right before that so that was really like my third match ever so it was very different um and it was just nice to be able to have her as you know my first tv match it was such a great experience to be a part of history so I felt like man that's that's just such an honor because it's this that was the first Mae Young Classic and everything after that will not ever be first so just being a part of that was such an honor i, I had no idea it was going to be what it was because when i first got there to wwe i was still very new to the pro wrestling scene and i didn't really know much of anything and when they told me hey you're gonna be a on classic tournament i was oh, okay cool i and they didn't explain anything about it it was their first year they didn't say anything i was just like okay cool and then they didn't mention it Oh. For a while. Yeah, Just and then I had actually, like, forgotten about it. And then all of a sudden, it came up again. Because they would tell you something, and then, you know, WWE, they're so busy with all sorts of stuff. So they just told us this, and then I think it was, I don't know, I think it was like a month and a half, two months or something later, they came over to us and was like, okay, we got to start preparing for the Mayon Classic Tournament. And then all of a sudden, you're rushing everything in four days. You're cramming everything in in four days. And then everything was like a blur to me. All of a sudden we had like photo shoots, promo shoots, like everything all crammed together. And then we went over the match the day before. And then all of a sudden I remember coming out to the stage and the music comes on. I was just like, all right, here it goes. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it was over. Like it was so fast. I didn't even get to enjoy it. Like the minute I started enjoying the moment, like it was over. Oh, (laughs) jeez! I was like, "crap." Yeah, it it was fun. It was so fun, from what I can remember of it. (laughs) But it was literally too fast.
0: When you watch the match, does it come back to you a little bit, or is it still kind of a blur?
1: It's a blur. Okay. Yeah, it's a like I watch it and I'm like, "Oh, I did that." (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) that like oh that's cool oh yeah I kind of remember that but I don't remember I remember it as a third point of view because I had just watched it but I don't re- really remember it from first point of view when I was doing it you know it's strange
0: is that a reflection on your whole NXT experience was did it always feel like things are kind of rushed and you were kind of doing things before you really were able to I don't kind of get your feet underneath you Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay.
1: Definitely. It was a lot of stuff. I mean, they're, they're always so busy with everything. And then it's like I kind of just got thrown in because I was the only other Asian girl like that was going to represent. You know, they were trying to get in China at the time. And then my roommate, Xia Lee, she was injured at first oh. so I saw uh, live shows and stuff like that I started with two and then by the then we went into to do the Mayon Classic she was actually she was actually still injured during the Mayon Classic but she really wanted to do it so she did it anyways and then got her uh got her surgery after so it was Just, you know, the timing of everything and also being so new to pro wrestling in general and trying to figure everything out while I'm trying to figure out wrestling. I'm trying to figure out WWE. I'm trying to figure out the culture and the etiquette and everything that's involved with a pro wrestling culture. And on top of that, trying to figure out my wrestling side and trying to figure out the uh all the people for from China because I had a I had had to help like take care of them and translate for them and basically settle them into life in America. So uh my schedule was insanely busy. It was not only wrestling, also to deal with everything outside of work.
0: No wonder it was a blur. It just seems like it was kind of like a sink or swim mentality, like get out there you know, figure it out and then on the job training almost.
1: Yeah, it, it really was. It really was. A lot of times I had no idea what was anything, and you just kind of go in and do it and hope for the best, you know?
0: Right. Well, I'm sure the indie scene is also working really well for you, too, because now you could actually start to hone some of those skills and talents that you have and and uh, excel at that.
1: Yes. like I've learned so much from being out in the indie scene because there's no one to tell you anything it's really just up to you like if you don't know something you better figure it out there's right. no one there to hold your hand. there's no one there to tell you to do something it's like a lot of times when you're in that mentality you're there to listen and shut up it's always like that mentality <laughs> where you just shut up and listen so the whole time it's like you just shut up and listen they tell you to do something you do it like there is no question of why or what so, you just do it not ever really knowing why. Um, and so, in the indie scene, because it's all on your own, when you do something, you have to know the why, why you're doing it. And so, you better figure it out. Like, right. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out, you better figure it out. Yeah. You know? and so, it forces you to learn a lot faster. Honestly, like, part of me really wish I had started out in the indies first
2: uh-huh. before
1: going in B, because. Then I would have been more mentally prepared. But, I, you know, I'm still very thankful that I got to go there first, you know, and then go out to the indies because I've learned things within WWE that other people out in the indies don't know. So, I mean, it's a it's a trade-off. Right. They've both and cons.
0: And you've worked with, you know, a lot of people who are currently in WWE. Lacey Evans, uh, Ruby Riott, uh-huh. Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville.
1: Yep. Yeah, a lot of people have been very lucky i've gotten to work with them and they're all great at what they do
0: is there anybody you haven't worked with that you've always wanted to work with or anybody that influenced you into, into getting into wrestling somebody maybe you grew up watching or somebody currently
1: uh i really want to work with oscar but i was still new oh when that'd I be was awesome there. yeah she was there when i was there in nxt but by the time i think it was by the time i started even having my first live show match She had already gone up the main roster. So yeah, so I never got a chance to even work with her ever. And off Tyree I never got a chance to work with either. She came in after me, but I was on the way out when she was on the way in. I see. Pretty much. Yeah. So I was when she came in I think I was already injured. So I was out for a while. And then after that I wrestled a few times and then got injured again and then I was out. So Never got to work with her, but she's always been very helpful and um, would try and work with me and give me advice when we were at the PC.
0: And I also see you do a lot of conventions because I'm I'm a con nerd. I go to the conventions out here, Wizard uh-huh. World and C2E2, and I've never been to San Diego Con. That's when I want to go to. And I saw you at Galaxy oh. Con a couple weeks ago, and it seems like you have a lot of fun with fans at the conventions and on Instagram and Twitter. What's it like interacting with fans and doing all that on that end of it?
1: I really love doing that. Like, cons are so fun for me. Um, I'm really big in cons, too. And I think it's just really cool to have one place where you can go that has all your hobbies combined right into one. So I'm just like, this is great. Like, everything that you like is in this one giant convention. <laughs> it's like overload of this thing within a span of, two to three days. So it's nice cause I get to see what I like, meet different people as well as meet my fans and be able to talk to them and interact with them. You know, it's like, I try to be very interactive um, with my social media. I try to write back everyone if I can, but based on timing, it's very hard to, but I try to at least acknowledge when someone takes the time to write me on Instagram or Twitter and it's just really much more different when I get to actually put a face to the name right? and meeting them and having a talk to them in person just makes it like that much more real to me. Cause I don't know. I think I still am baffled at the fact that there's such awesome people out there willing to support me. Mm-hmm. And part of me still thinks it's surreal. Like, <laughs> I'm able to to live my dream because of these fans. Like, I wouldn't be able to do that. If I didn't have these fans that were willing to buy my merchandise and support me, I would still be here trying to work a second job just to try and support my dream. So, yeah, it's, like, really such an honor. And it's, like, I literally just posted – I think it was a week ago when I was mailing out uh, posters and stuff. Oh yeah, and I saw that. Uh huh. Yeah, just seeing all the people from like a different countries, I'm just so shocked because I just never thought that was even possible. And having it, having it be at a con and when people, when there's so many other celebrities there and people actually taking the time to come up to me like i just feel so lucky to have that so i love the cons like it's awesome i take photos with them sign autographs like it's just fun for me
0: yeah you have no idea who you touch sometimes with, with through instagram or twitter and when they come to the conventions and you talk to them and they and you or interact with them it's it's a different feeling like oh wow this person really is excited to see me because i Posted this thing on Instagram, and they commented back, and they came to meet me at the Galaxy Con or whatever con. So that's got to be a pretty cool feeling, like you said, to to meet the, the fans or the nerds, like I like to call ourselves. You know, the <laughs> <laughs> it
1: is the best feeling, like, It is the best because honestly, I I've always I I don't know I don't plan I don't think I plan on ever having kids. <laughs> so okay. it's like my purpose in life is leaving something behind. It's like inspire people or people to remember me by because I don't plan on having kids to leave that behind. So that's kind of always been my thing. And that's always why I've, I think that's part of the, a big reason why I've always wanted to do entertainment, like arts and entertainment. Like I've always loved art. Art is just my life. But the only way to, you know, fulfill all my dreams within art is to do it big you know it's not gonna be enough if i'm sitting at home just painting and selling my paintings on the internet you know like right. that's not enough for me it needs to be a lot bigger of a dream so being able to be where it is now it's, and seeing where i was before it just makes me so grateful and freaking happy to meet all these fans that made it possible for me to be here today
0: yeah i, I guess i could relate on a small level i mean like like I was telling you before, I just had a baby a week ago, and I'm over 40, so I didn't think this day was ever going to come. So I was kind of like the same thing, like, oh, okay, I went to school for radio and do all this stuff, and this is where I'm going to focus. And then one day, it's just like, eh, things have changed. And, you know, so you never know, but it, that's I like your mindset of it. Like, this is where you're focused and what you're going to leave behind, and that's that's a pretty cool, uh, cool way to look at it.
1: Yeah, see, you've got the baby to leave behind. I don't, so <laughs> yes, that's really right. cool, you know. <laughs> like, you got your baby to carry on your legacy, you know, whereas I, you know, I've, at most, I probably will have a pet turtle, you know?
0: I got to talk about turtles in a second here, but yeah, I thought I was just going to leave comic books and records behind, but I guess I have more than that now. So, it's it's take things to another level. I'm glad you brought up turtles. Yeah. Just so you know, I, I saw you post about turtles, and... I think I have a turtle that might be older than you. I have a turtle that I've had since 1988. His name is Joey. I got him when I was like 13. Oh my God. And uh, if you want, I'll send you a picture. And then I have another one I've had since 94. He's a painted turtle. His name is Randy, after Macho Man. And I've had them both for you know so long. I think they're going to outlive me. If I, if I have to write a will out, oh, yeah. they're going to outlive they me. They most
1: likely will. Yes. Their average lifespan is like 80.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) One of them's over. It's it's crazy. So I saw you posted about turtles. I'm like, I got it written down here. Like, I have to ask her about turtles before she goes, because she (laughs) seems like she's also a turtle dork, like I am.
1: Huge turtle dork. I am obsessed them. Obsessed with
0: turtles. They are the best. You know, some people. When I tell them like what kind of pet I have, like, well, I have two turtles. Like, why? I'm like, what do you mean why? What kind of question is that? Why not? (laughs) they're great.
1: Yeah. I don't think I'm weird because I like turtles. I'm just like, okay, they're cool. Like, what do you mean? They're like baby dinosaurs. They're basically dinosaurs. Right.
0: And I'm a boy, so I like reptiles and stuff anyway. I, used to, I caught a snake one time. and brought it home and three days later got out. So that was a big problem. But um,
2: <laughs>
0: I even have a newt named Isaac that I've had for a while, too. So.
2: <laughs> Newts are so cute, too. They're,
0: they're yeah, and he's he's like 15. I think he's well past his life expectancy, so he's still going. But uh, yeah, that's awesome that you like turtles. I had to bring that up when I saw that you're also a fellow turtle dork. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Zeta. Is anything you want to promote or that you're doing, and how people can find you on Instagram and Twitter and such?
1: Yeah, uh, follow me on Instagram. I'm on there a lot. It's Zeta underscore Zang, Z-E-D-A underscore Z-H-A-N-G. And then all my other social media mostly is The Zeta Zang. So that's my Twitter, The Zeta Zang. My Facebook, The Zeta Zang. And I literally just got on onto TikTok recently, um, you know, because it is a new platform that my friend told me to get on and also – it is popular in Asia as well, so I kind of killed two birds with one stone. There you go. And that one is data thing. So find me on there, add me on there, and yeah, that's basically it right now. <laughs> People
0: should follow you because what made me want to you know, reach out, messages on a couple of your posts, and you replied back, I'm like, wow, she's really... Cool with the fans and interactive. I should probably try to reach out and have her on the podcast. So yeah, you're you're totally interactive with fans, and I definitely uh, appreciate you interacting with us because it's always cool when we get that message back or a reply of some sort. Oh,
1: thank you. <laughs> you're It's welcome. awesome. It's the awesome to Talk
0: to people. Oh yeah, no, it's it's cool. I'm sure there's some weirdos out there too. I mean, may <laughs> that's a uh, podcast for another day, but I'm sure anyway. they're Just not give all good. Take. Yes,
1: not all to be <laughs>
0: No. Awesome. Thank you so much, Zayda. I really appreciate you. Glad to finally get you on. So, th- yeah, thanks again, Zayda. I really appreciate it, Zayda. That's
1: awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, you're welcome. I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Take care. Me <laughs> too. Thank you. Bye. This is Shazam McKenzie, and you're listening to the Infinite Banter podcast. I had mentioned on the last episode, I had to correct one thing. I did say that X Men were under Sony. Incorrect, they were under Fox, they are now a Disney entity. So, this is the last movie under the Fox umbrella. So, Dark Phoenix came out, and nobody seems to care. I mean, it's like the reviews are not that great. I will say this I didn't hate it, I didn't think it was a bad movie. It's okay, it's fine. That's the best way I could put it. It's fine, it's a better version of X Men 3, very similar. And I think part of the reason people haven't gotten into this is because we've already seen this storyline in X Men Three with the Jean Grey turning into Dark Phoenix, so it's not like it's a new concept, a new idea, a new thing in the movies. But it's it's better than that one. So as far, a lot of people calling this the worst X Men movie, or it's just as bad as Apocalypse or the third movie, The Last Stand. I I don't agree with that. I think it's much better than those movies, but I don't think it's great. I don't even know if it's necessarily it's good but it's not it's not that great it was it it started off really well it, it it kind of slowed down and it had a good pacing at the beginning i was really starting to get into it but yeah it did kind of die towards the back half of it and it felt all too familiar to last stand but what i will say is that i was entertained by it there's some good stuff in there some good acting i mean you've got the the cast from first class going all through this fourth movie with them um, i still think days of future's past is the best movie of those of that four uh, films they did so, unfortunately, the last two have kind of been lagging. But this movie's fine. It, it, you don't probably have to get off your chair or your couch and go see it. I'm not advocating doing that. You can wait for the DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. But it's definitely decent, you know. But, unfortunately, it's kind of a thud for the last X-Men movie. And they, you can tell that they just didn't care as much. There's some good action scenes in it. There's a couple good lines in it. Yeah, there's part of me that wanted to see Wolverine, even though I knew he wasn't going to be in it. And I know some Wolverine backlash a lot of hardcore X-Men fans don't want to see Wolverine anymore they feel like he overtook the franchise but I think a lot of fans that don't necessarily read the comic books he's what brought them in in the first place so I always have a special place in my heart for the X-Men franchises I feel like they maybe to an extent Blade were the first movies to really make the comic book genre a realistic thing for cinema because you never really thought it could happen until then. So until that first X-Men movie was made and it was successful, I feel like everything after that kind of owes some some gratitude towards it. I mean, they kind of paved the way. And I've always said X-Men 2 is by far the best movie of the whole franchise and still is one of my favorite superhero comic book-based uh, movies. So Dark Phoenix, it's decent. It's okay. Go check it out. You could do a lot worse your $10, 12 dollars wherever you go to. I go to matinee. I think I spent six bucks, but wherever you go to watch it, it's it's fine. Whatever, just go see it. It's it don't don't rip on it too much. There's a lot worse you could be talking about. I mean, it. I'd rather watch this again than Justice League. I'll tell you that right now, without a doubt. So, or or go watch Cloak and Dagger, which is really good. I've been watching Cloak and Dagger. I'm a little little behind. I'm like two or three episodes behind, so I don't want to talk about it too much, but. If you really need something that's entertaining, go watch *Cloak and Dagger*. That if you're really gonna rip on X-Men, go watch that instead.
2: It's time for you to leave, assholes.
0: And last but not least, before I get out of here, because Kirk just told me it's time to go, I have to give a big point in the sky to one of my all-time favorite movies, *Predator*. June twelfth, nineteen eighty-seven. This movie came out, and uh, I saw it nineteen like eighty-eight. So that would have made me like 12 years old, something like that. I had no idea what I was getting ready to watch and how much it was going to affect me going forward and how much I was going to love that movie. I just remember uh, my stepfather's brother or something, he had like the VHS tape, and he's like, hey, you ever seen Predator? I'm like, I don't know what that is. And He's like, you're going to want to watch this. It's got that guy from Terminator. And I remember I had seen Terminator, but I was like 12, so I don't really have a lot of, you know, I didn't have a real full connection to it. It wasn't like Star Wars or something, but I liked it. But, you know, it wasn't like on my, it wasn't on my, uh, Radar as being like this great movie I thought Terminator was cool but I was a kid so whatever that being said I'm watching Predator I remember just being blown away by it man I mean it's so great the cast is so awesome a lot of people think of the lines you know I ain't got time to bleed or if it bleeds we can kill it or get to the chopper like all those are the lines everybody focuses on but I feel like there's a lot of little lines that got eh, slept on overlooked you know like again I ain't got time to bleed one of my favorite parts of that is when Poncho says him he's like oh you don't have time to bleed he's like you have time to duck and he shoots up and the avalanche comes down with all the debris and I think that that's one of the better ones and then there's also uh, this scene where Arnold's character Dutch creates like the uh, kind of like the the trap and then it's not working because the predator hasn't come in and Carl Weathers' character Dylan goes what are you going to try next? Cheese? Because it's like a mouse trap and I, I feel like lines like that were just as good as some of the other ones but they're not as revered as the big ones but love that damn movie it's to me it's like it's up there with any movie that i've ever seen i'm just i love predator I, I'm, a, I'm a complete nerd about it the song at the beginning and the helicopter and then when mac is singing that song to himself he's kind of going crazy looking for the predator uh, i just i just can't get over how much that movie it, it still holds up today i mean they can make as many predator sequels as they want to It will never be as good as the first one because it plays like a horror film. If you think about it, it's kind of like Halloween. Predator is like a Michael Myers. You don't know who's doing all this stuff the first time you see it, of course. Now, if you watch it, you know what it is, so it kind of loses that. But when it's happening, like these guys are being taken down one by one. You don't really know why or what's happening or who's doing this. So it really plays like a horror film. And being a horror film geek that I am, I think that's what drew me into it and I've always come back to it and revered it and it's just the ensemble is great I mean you got Sonny Landon rest in peace who plays uh Billy who also played Billy in <laughs> 48 hours so apparently only plays guys named Billy Bill Duke who played Mac you had Jesse Ventura fresh off of wrestling in it um Shane Black who directed and wrote the most recent Predator movie he plays uh, Hawkins he's uh, the first casualty of the group Um, Who am I forgetting? Poncho. Just a really, really good movie. Carl Weathers. I mean, Carl Weathers and Arnold. I mean, they're top of their game, these dudes. And by the way, that handshake at the beginning. Dylan, you son of a bitch. When that happens, greatest handshake in the history of handshakes. I'm sure somebody might say, oh, what about Ronald Reagan and Gorbachev? Nah. Nah. I'm sure there's a Winston Churchill handshake that matters. You know, being a wrestling nerd, there's the mega powers, Hulk Hogan and... Randy and Macho Man Savage, that's that's close. That's a good one. But to me, there's nothing better than when Dylan and Dutch do that handshake. What's the matter, Dylan? They got you pushing too many pencils? One of the greatest handshakes in the history of handshakes, bar none. I dare you to give me a better one. Because you can't. There is no better handshakes, and there never will be. It's a great cinematic masterpiece. You can keep Titanic. You can keep Gone with the Wind. You can keep whatever. I don't give a damn. Predator. Any day, all day, I'll watch it all the time. I know that movie backwards and forwards, and it's always going to be one of my all-time greatest. So that wraps up this episode of Infinite Banter. Once again, thanks Zeta Zane for joining me on the show. Thanks to uh, everybody who's been listening and subscribing. I'm just really happy that I'm a dad, and uh, you can check out the show on podcast.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Blueberry, CastBox, Google Play, and follow the show on Twitter at Infinite Banter or follow me at DJ Soundwave 75. You can also find me on Instagram at DJ Soundwave 75 and at Facebook at Infinite Banter. Go check out the Confucius album, The King and the Pope. You can find it on iTunes and Apple Music. And of course, my guy DJ Real One's Lost Gems, still available on DJ Real his music is what you hear at the beginning and the end of this podcast, so I always want to push and promote music that I'm feeling and listening to at the moment. So once again, thanks again for checking out the show, and I will see you guys next week. I'm out.